Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our Sunday morning online, internet, around the world church service. I'm so happy that you're here. I believe that God's Word is able to build you up strong in faith so that you can do what He's called you to do. And even more importantly, you can be the person that He has called you to be. Praise the Lord. Let's take our Bibles and go to the book of 3 John. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings. And uh, this is not the Gospel of John, but we have the small epistles, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Let's go to 3rd John and look at something that John the Apostle wrote when he was a very old man. Now, this is the same John that leaned his head on the Lord's chest and asked the Lord who his betrayer was going to be. And the Lord, of course, identified Judas. But now John has lived his life out as the apostle of love. And he is now a very old man, and he has some wonderful words of wisdom to share. Third John, verse 1, the elder, now that would be John, he's, he's an old man now, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray, or that word pray in the Greek means a strong desire. I pray, I greatly desire that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. If you're a new believer, and you now belong to Christ and you're living for the Lord, or perhaps if you've been in the church for any length of time, it doesn't take long to realize that there are a lot of different viewpoints on the subject of biblical finances and the varying thoughts within the church uh, range pretty much the whole gamut of the spectrum from one end where you have those that basically would say that uh, God doesn't really want you to have money, that money's bad and it'll destroy you, so don't have any money. And so you have people that uh, suffer financially because of a mindset like that. And then you have perhaps an extreme on the other end where there can be an overemphasis on the subject of finances that's not taught in a balanced way. And thus, you can have people that are getting into areas of they're, they're touching the boundaries of covetousness, and they're touching an area of greed, and they're beginning to lose the focus. Praise the Lord. So we have to get the right balance, and I believe, as normal, the balance is usually somewhere in the middle of the road. So that's what we want to do. We want to avoid extremes on both sides and walk the blessing uh, road that God has for us. Now, again, beloved, I pray that you may prosper. The word prosper in the Greek basically means, and this would also be in context with how that word was used in the days in which this was written, it meant to have a successful journey. So I pray that you may prosper. I pray that you may have a successful journey in life. So even if you were a person that did not have enlightenment of all of the scriptures in the Word of God that speak of the blessing and of having more than enough and of having your needs met and walk in the, in the Abrahamic covenant, which is blessed to be a blessing that denotes an overflow so that you have more than uh, you need so that you're able to bless others because you're in the overflow. Even if you didn't know all of those scriptures, you could least understand that in order to have a good journey, a successful journey in life, you have to be in a place where you have ample provision. And without that, it makes life extremely difficult. So we thank God that there, that there are basic core truths of the gospel, that there is the redemption from sin, there is power over sin, and that the salvation that Jesus purchased and made available for us truly is a full salvation that encompasses every need we have, even our finances. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper, have a successful journey in all things, prosper in all things. So it's prosperity, yes, in your finances, prosperity in your marriage, prosperity in your relationships. It's prosperity in every area of your life and be in health. So right here in one verse, 
we have the expressed will of God revealed through His Word, telling us that God wants us to prosper and that God wants us to be in health. Praise the Lord. So, my friends, it's easy to go throughout the Scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament, and you can find God's will for your life expressed through His Word. And here we see along with the plethora of other scriptures that God wants you to be blessed financially, he wants you to prosper, and also he wants you to have health in your bodies. Now, there are some believers who, no matter how many scriptures you show them, they are going to cling to their sickness, and they're going to proclaim. I've met some of them. They will proclaim, God put this on me to punish me and teach me a lesson. And uh, this comes from a deformed soul. This is wrong thinking that has been warped or skewed by a bad life experience. And you never, please listen to me carefully, you never want to build doctrine on personal life experience. You build doctrine on what the Word says. Not through maybe some bad traumatic event that you went through and you try to conform God's word to that. That's that's getting off into error. So I have met Christians who say God put this sickness, this disease on me to teach me a lesson. Then at the very same time they're proclaiming that they're taking medicine and going to the doctor to try to get alleviation from the pain and suffering. So it's contradictory in their behavior. If you really believe that God put that on you then why are you trying to get it off of you? And so there are, uh, in a similar way, those in the church that will say money's not important, despite what Solomon said that money answers all things. Now, we know it doesn't get over into the area of spiritual needs and things like that. But money uh, is a great blessing. It can certainly fix a toothache. Hallelujah. It can certainly uh, buy you some glasses if you need them. If your eyesight is weak, it can help in so many ways, and you can also be a blessing to others. But there are those who will fight you tooth and nail and say that God wants us to be poor. God doesn't want us to have anything extra. We're just supposed to go through life. That way we'll be humble, and we will be reliant upon the Lord. And on and on it goes. And I, I heard that for years, uh, you know, when I was younger, uh, that type of thinking, that type of teaching. But my friends, what if we just go back to the Word and let the Word decide what we believe? How about this? How about we believe this? God desires that we prosper in all things and be in health, just as our soul prospers. And there is a link to prosperity, being successful in life, and also having health in your body. And that link is the prosperity of your soul. I'm, I'm telling you that if you walk in bitterness and unforgiveness, that will affect the health in your body. That will affect the other areas of prosperity, the, the other compartments of your life. And it's very easy for sickness and disease to come in when you're all bitter and angry and unforgiving, uh, maybe uh, justifiably in the sense where you are upset about something. But Jesus said to forgive. Just as God forgave us of all of our sins, we have to be willing to forgive others who have done us wrong. Now, it doesn't mean you could maybe have relationships with those people. Maybe they are uh, people that are, they've got so many problems, you, you just have to forgive them and go on. You can't, you, can't, you can't have some type of working relationship with them. But we shouldn't let any unforgiveness be in our hearts. We need to let our souls prosper. And that primarily is denoting that we need to love God with all of our heart. We need to have that first and foremost in our lives. And when the Lord sees that, when our soul is prospering, well, then it's very easy to tie in with the other blessings, uh, the prosperity in our lives, the health in our bodies. Praise the Lord. But let's, let's embrace the truth of God's Word. Uh, no father would ever stand up in church and give a testimony and say, I would just like to tell about the goodness of God, and I want to testify how I'm so happy that my two children are walking around homeless and destitute. They have no food or clothing. I want to testify of God's faithfulness. Well, you would think that person had lost his mind. And to make a testimony like that, perhaps he would have. But the Heavenly Father takes no joy 
in your suffering, your lack, your insufficiency. Your heavenly Father takes no joy in some form of sickness or disease that would attack your body. Jesus came to redeem us from the full curse of the law. The awful effects that sin released upon the human race, Jesus came to redeem us from all of that. Praise God. So there's full salvation in Him, and that includes of course, not only the forgiveness of sins, but also that we may prosper in all things and have health in our bodies. Praise God. So, my friends, we just connect with the Word, and we allow that to form our theology, our doctrine, and our expectations, and our faith, the way we think. It's all governed by the Word of God. Now, we're going to receive the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God because we know that one of the commandments of God is to honor Him with the tithe. We know that we're also instructed to give because, because we connect with God's principles. We're not doing this because God needs it. God has no need. God lives in heaven where there's no sin, there's no darkness, and the streets are made of solid gold. Mansions are made out of diamonds and pearls and other exquisite things that are phenomenal. So these things are for our benefit so that the blessings of God, the principles of God are working in our lives. Praise the Lord. At this time, let's honor the Lord and bring in the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. If you would like to mail them in, please send them to Stephen Brooks International P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code here is 28654. Now, if you prefer to go online and bring your tithes and offerings in through our website portal, you can do so at stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage that says Give. There's a red heart on it, and you can click on that, and you can bring the tithes and offerings in from anywhere, literally in the world, anytime, day or night. And it's a real blessing. Praise God. We also have a special project that we're focused on right now, which is the resurfacing of our parking lot. We need some new asphalt to be laid down, and it's time to uh, tackle that project. We've been on that now for a little bit, and we're endeavoring to bring in just a little over $40,000 so we can knock out the whole job at once. Thank you for sowing seed into that project. If you would like to give into that specific area, there on the website, there's a header called Projects. You can click on that, and you'll see the project for the parking lot resurfacing. Thank you also. Thank you so much for giving into that special project. Praise the Lord. Now, Heavenly Father, I ask that you would bless your people with prosperity. I ask that you would bless them with health in their bodies and prosperity touching every area of their lives, Father. Yes, financially, because that's important. But, Father, prosperity in their relationships. And uh, just let everything flourish in the lives of your people, Father God. And I thank you, Father, for their souls prospering. I thank you that they love you first and foremost. And I thank you that you're doing beautiful things in their life. And you're making them a, a fragrance of Christ that's so attractive to those around them. Now, Father, we give you praise. We thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You're blessed. Praise God. Thank you for your faithful giving. Now, let's take our Bibles today and go to the book of Galatians. And, well, actually, let's jump back to Proverbs real quick. Let me just cover a few things that will help us because... Today, I want to talk about maybe something that could be called a missing ingredient in God's blessing plan for your life. And so we have been covering over the last few Wednesdays and the few Sundays things that God puts a priority upon as necessities for walking uprightly before Him. And we have talked about working, and we have talked about practical thinking. We have talked about giving. We have talked about what do you do after you pray and fast and you're doing all that you can to really seek the Lord. What do you do to continue to walk things out? Praise God. Well, for example, in Proverbs chapter 14, we come to verse 23. And let's pray before we jump into the message. Father, we thank you that your word is 
working in our lives. We thank you that we walk by faith and not by sight. But as we walk by faith, it brings forth things that we can see that are evidence that your word is powerful and that you are on the throne governing, governing over all things. Now, Father, we thank you that as we jump into your word, we ask for the quickening power of your Holy Spirit to let the word be fresh bread to us today. We thank you. We receive it as such. In Jesus' name we pray. We all agree and say amen. Now we have Proverbs 14, verse 23. In all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. Now it is good to talk and it is good to speak faith-filled confessions over the things you're doing, over your dreams, over the things you desire to accomplish. But we must not be in the idle chatter. In other words, just talking about things, but we're never really working on it, or we're not taking the steps that are necessary in order for it to actually happen. So my friends, we have discussed the value and the dignity of work, and we need to work and we need to apply ourselves so that we accomplish just as much as we can do. But also, along with work, we have looked at the words of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verse 28. And Jesus said, For which of you intending to build a tower? In other words, you want to accomplish something. There's something you want to do, and maybe it could be a literal tower. Uh, maybe you want to build your own uh, prayer tower so you can go up high and pray. <laughs> But whatever it is that you want to do, the Lord gives wise counsel. He says, for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost. In other words, the counting of the cost is you're doing analytical thinking. You're processing thoughts and you're, you're going over the practical steps that are going to be needed in order to get that tower built. So you don't just launch off into a project, say, let's do this. This is exciting. And then you get into it and you realize, oh, we're in over our heads. We didn't even, we didn't even know about these are the variables. Now this is just too much. And you pull out. And so you don't want to do that because in verse 30, the Lord said, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Why? He never sat down and he thought. So while we want to work and work hard, we want to work in a very wise way. We want to have our work planned out and our steps thought out. There was a shoe company uh, decades back, and they took two of their salesmen and sent them uh, to this one nation that in many ways it was undeveloped in the sense where it did not have some of the things that other countries had already progressed into. So they, this company was a shoe company. So they sent their two best shoe salesmen over to this country. One man, one salesman got there first and he evaluated the situation very quickly and he sent a telegram back to the headquarters and said, we're not going to make any money here. I recommend that we not invest uh, any efforts uh, in this particular country because he said nobody here wears any shoes. So he packed up and left, came back home. Uh, just a few days after that, the other man arrived in the country, went to the same city, and he got there. He saw the same thing. And he sat down and he thought about what he was seeing. He thought about the cultural norms, the mindset of the people, but he kept looking at the situation. And then he sends a telegram back after having sat down and thought his telegram says, send me every pair of shoes you have. He said, I'm sitting on a gold mine here. Nobody has shoes. They all need a pair. So if you're in business, you have to not only work and work hard, but you have to work smart. You have to sit down and think the product I have, is it actually needed where I'm trying to market it at? If it's not, where is it needed at? And so you have to, you have to work all of those things out, sit down, strategize and plan. Praise the Lord. We're talking about what you do after you fast, what you do after you have prayed. Now, we also know that according to the book of Genesis chapter eight, verse 22, we need to engage in covenant practices. Verse 22, while the earth remains, and of course, it's still here, and I have a strong feeling tomorrow it'll still be here, and the truth is it will always be here, even though one day it will be cleansed thoroughly as by fire. 
praise the Lord, but it's going to be around. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. So these are not only spiritual laws, these are actually covenants that God has established. And you may think that God can only cut a covenant with the person, but He actually tells us in His Word, particularly in the book of Jeremiah, that He actually made covenant with day and night. <laughs> so it's amazing. And yes, He made a covenant with Abraham. He made a covenant with Israel. He made a covenant with David. There's different types of covenants. But we engage God on a covenant platform, and one of those covenants is seed time harvest. And so if you want harvest, you don't get harvest by praying. You don't get harvest by fasting. Any farmer knows that. You can sit on the porch, and kneel down, and pray, and pray, and pray. But until you get seed in the ground, out in that field, until you get seed out in that field, there's not going to be a harvest out in that field. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, I don't believe that. Well, then go, go farm for about a year and then come back. Let's have that conversation again. Try it with just prayer and fasting alone. Just pray over a field. Don't sow anything into it. Just let it sit there. Don't do anything to it. Don't put any seed to it. Don't do anything. Just pray and fast. Do a hundred day fast and pray 10 hours a day and see how much harvest springs up out of that field that nothing has been sowed into it. All you're going to have is weeds. Praise the Lord. Amen. We don't need to try to reinvent the wheel. We just need to work with the principles that God has laid out that are proven and effective, not over a few years, but over the millennia. Praise God. So we work, we think with practical analytical processes, and we give praise the Lord, and we keep moving forward. My friends, I'm telling you, things are going to change dramatically in your life as you keep making application to these truths. But I need to tell you about another application that you're going to have to make. Uh, it, in some ways, I, uh, I wish I didn't have to present it to you because I don't want it to deflate you in any way, and I, I don't think it will because, first of all, it's biblical, for, so it's from God. It's, it's good, but there is something about it that's not very glamorous, <laughs> but, but you're going to have to embrace it uh, as, just as I do because it is very much a part of this process of walking with God, walking into the blessing, going from glory to glory and faith to faith and going from one level of strength to the, to the other, and today, that's what what I'm going to be talking about. And this, this one would be more of what I would call a missing ingredient in this blessing package that God has for you. Pastor Stephen, when will the blessings begin to really turn my way? When will things change? Well, first of all, let me just again reiterate, as long as you keep practicing these and making application of biblical truths, I, I'm telling you, things are going to turn. But in the interim, this is something today that we're going to talk about that we must also understand. Please go with me now to the uh, book of Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Praise the Lord. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. It's interesting in this journey with the Lord. There comes a time when you can see the blessings of God. They're starting to flow into your life. But there can be other times when you're really trying to go all out in your service to the Lord, your commitment, your faithfulness to the Lord. And you may, you may think, hmm, seems like I'm really pushing on all levels. But Lord, um, where's the change? When is the turn going to happen? But let me just say this, my friends. There can be those times when it seems like nothing and nothing, and maybe nothing, but boom, suddenly, suddenly you see, oh my goodness, this is working. Mm -mm. And I'm here to tell you today that you're going to have those suddenlies. You're going to have those concrete realities of the blessing, not only catching up with you, but just overtaking you, praise the Lord, and all beautiful facets of God's goodness reflected upon your life. But until that time comes, you must not grow weary in the place where you're at right now, which is the place of doing good. Your due season is going to come. Praise the Lord. But don't be discouraged because you're in a place right now where not perhaps it quite hasn't clicked 
perhaps quick enough or in the way that you thought it would. But I will say this, the moment you turn your heart towards the Lord and you start putting these principles to work in your life, there is a shield and it's invisible. It's in the spirit realm. There is a shield that begins to go up around your life of protection and you instantly start walking out of any situation that would have been something that would have been a form of captivity. You'll start coming out of it immediately. The moment you turn to the Lord and you start living for him and start living very importantly by his principles. Woo. Praise the Lord. Somebody once said this, this book, the Bible is not a book of do's and don'ts. Let me tell you right now. It is. If God says, don't do that. He meant it. And he's not trying to ruin somebody's fun. He knows if you engage in that and you cross boundaries that he set and you go do something that he said, no, it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you. And he, when he said, do this, he knew that if you do that, it's going to work right for you. So this is God's book of wisdom. You cannot have wisdom without having instructions. So this is our instruction manual for life. And we must know what God instructs us to do. My friends, you're going to have to wait. When you look here at Galatians 6 and verse 9, there will be periods in your life of waiting. And you're waiting and you're working the word and you're doing what the Lord has told you to do. And you may think, Lord, where's the harvest? I'm here to tell you that your harvest will come. But this waiting period is something that God incorporates into the life of every believer. My friends, I, I believe that we all understand that, for example, quick prosperity usually ends in a person's ruin. Why? They don't know how to handle it. They don't know what to do with it. And they get taken advantage of and they get done wrong. And, uh, you know, they don't even know who their real friends are. And so they're, they're just giving it out and they're or doing crazy things with it. Or they do not have the character development to uh, perhaps uh, handle that type of money. Uh, because all money is, in a sense, is an amplifier. It amplifies what you already are and who you are. And so if there are major character flaws, or insecurities or whatever, you know, or, or bad habits or bad things, then, then, and you're not, you're not able to handle it, then it's going to amplify all of that. But God will always, not sometimes, God will always take his eagle saint, that's you, he will always take his eagle saint through the lane of a strong foundation first. Why? So that his blessings in your life will have long lasting results. Woo! Praise God. So that you will know the good and you say, I choose the good. Hallelujah. And I reject the wrong. I don't want it. Yes, it's tempting, but I resist the temptation and I live for the Lord. I say no to the bad. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So there is a waiting period, which is often a developmental time so that you will step into all that God has for you, each thing, each step along the way at the right moment. Praise the Lord. Now, Hebrews chapter six, let's go over there today. There are some amazing statements, by the way, in the book of Hebrews concerning this area of what we would call timing, the releasing of the blessing at the right time. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply you. Now, let's pause just for a moment. We know that the Apostle Paul said in the book of Galatians, chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, that those who are in Christ, that's many of you, of course, that are believers, those of you that are believers, those of you that are in Christ are, this. you are, how can I, let me say it like this, if you're in Christ, the blessing of Abraham has now come upon you. So the, the blessing of Abraham was for the Jewish people. It was a natural blessing. But that blessing, as well as all the spiritual benefits of the new covenant, they all are yours in Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so the blessing of Abraham is yours. So the, those special things that God 
empowered Abraham to step into. And that would include many good things, many good natural things. They're yours also in Christ. Now, that would be blessing. That would be a, a addition. And that would even be multiplying. Surely, blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. God has plans, big plans, beautiful plans to bless you in very unique ways. And even to bring his multiplication blessing into your life. And you say, yes, Pastor Stephen, I'm, I'm ready for it. Okay, let's continue. Verse 15. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. And it's going to work the same way for you too. You will patiently endure, patiently endure, and then boom, boom, you will get there. You will get there. It's not unusual for young children riding in the back of the vehicle to say, are we there yet? Are we there yet? When are we going to get there? But see, that's, that's something that is done out of youthfulness. That is something that's done uh, in an immature state. God, are we there yet? Are we there yet? But as you mature, as you mature, yes, you look forward to arriving at that faith destination. But as you mature, you also enjoy the journey because the Lord is with you on the journey. Praise God. Now, let's go to the book of Habakkuk chapter 2. Praise the Lord today. Habakkuk chapter 2. We're going to drop straight down the verse 3. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie, though it tarries. Wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Now, the thing about a vision, catching a revelation from God, maybe you got it in prayer. Maybe you were spending time with the Lord. Maybe you were in his word. Maybe you were praying. And over a period of time, you begin to pick something up in your spirit and it didn't go away. It just kept building. And then maybe one particular day you got, boom, really hit with the revelation where the light was turned on. And you're like, oh, my goodness, this is something that God wants me to do. This is a plan that God has for my life. But as many of us understand, that doesn't mean that just because you caught the revelation of that vision, that you go out and you begin to implement it the very next day. Nor does it mean that you get to implement it the next, uh, the next month or even perhaps the next year. Who praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It takes time and you have to be willing to wait while this vision works its way out as you grow in the Lord, as you walk with the Lord, as the angels orchestrate and work behind the scenes and set things up and do all of the uh, invisible logistics that we're unaware of. And they're working to do that against opposition from the enemy. The enemy will always contend with a true vision from the Lord. He will try to do things to um, detract, detour, uh, distract, but the, the Lord is working still to keep you on the path to see the vision fulfilled, but you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to understand that waiting is a part of this process. And no, it's not very glamorous, is it? <laughs> it's not. And uh, we would like to arrive there tomorrow, but in so many faith projects and so many true visions, there is that waiting process. Praise the Lord. Though it tarries, because it will, though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. Doesn't that make you happy? You're, you're still going to get there. Yes, we're going to have to do some waiting. Yes, while we're fasting, while we pray, while we work, while we think, while we give, while we do all of these things. Yes, we're still going to have just these times where God requires waiting, more development, more strengthening. Mm -hmm. Praise God. And let's continue on that journey because we will see it uh, manifested, these great things that God has revealed to us. You know, uh, it was in the year of 2004 when my wife and I both knew with no doubt that the Lord had an international television ministry for us. 
And we, we knew that. And we had some uh, moments before then. Uh, going back about five years before that where television doors had opened up and we would go through those doors and we would be, you know, a guest on a show or a guest on a program and things like that. And, you know, then I did some uh, more lengthy programs overseas on different networks and stuff like that. And I would always go to be a guest here or there or, where, or wherever. But in 2004, we knew that the Lord had uh, laid out a vision for us where we would have our own program and it would be our own half hour program and it would, it would be able to go around the world. But you know what? That was not launched until the year of 2020. And when 2020 came, we, uh, we just knew it's in the air. It's right. The timing is right. And everything came together And there. It takes a lot for all of that to come together. And not only that, but in uh, the waiting period in between, I kept on praying, kept on seeking the Lord, kept on working, uh, kept on thinking. I, I, I kept on giving and sowing even into the vision that the Lord had showed me. And then the time finally came, praise the Lord. And in the interim also, while doing all of that, I had done literally, I'm not exaggerating, hundreds of of other TV programs before I ever got to have my own. If somebody said, Pastor Stephen, I want you to come on my show and be a guest, or I would like for you to come over here, record some shows for me so that I can put them on my network. I did all of that for years and years and years. And then in, in uh, 2020, the vision began to speak. Woo, it came to pass. Hallelujah. And now we're building on that vision. Praise God. Was there a waiting time? Yes. 16 years. 16 years. So you have to understand this. This is not uh, something isolated that you're experiencing. This waiting element is something that goes all the way back to the days of Abraham. Praise God. And we need to, we need to be able to embrace it also with a good heart. Praise the Lord and enjoy the journey. Please go with me now to the Gospel of Luke. Let's look at something Jesus said along this line. And this will be in Luke chapter 8. Let's go to verse 15. But the ones that fell on the good ground, that would be the seed uh, being sown on the soil. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Wow. Praise the Lord. So the seed being the word of God. The Word of God sown into your heart. The Word, the rhema word that quickens you and you catch a revelation. Ah, God has this plan for my life. And you caught it. You, you, you didn't uh, pick up something that was misleading or wasn't from the enemy. It was from the Lord. You're, you're dialed in. Look, the Lord's sheep hear His voice. I have no doubt you can hear from the Lord for yourself. I have no doubt about that. The Lord said you could. And I've seen it proven, trust me, in the church over the years. God's people can hear from Him. And so this thing that you've picked up on, yes, uh, you're getting that from the Lord. And it has been sown into your heart because your heart is good soil. And it's growing and it's developing. But it bears fruit with patience. And patience involves Waiting, praise the Lord. So we in, we embrace yes the element of faith. We know that's always going to be an equation in working with the promises and the blessings of the Lord. But my friends, you're going to have to also work in this waiting element, this element of patience. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now Romans, Romans chapter four. Speaking of our spiritual father of the faith. This would be Abraham. Let's go to verse 20, Romans chapter four, verse 20. It says he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. What was that promise? Well, God had made various promises to him, but it's contingent upon him having a son. So yes, he's, he's endeavoring to do all he can to be obedient but he knows in order for these things that God has spoken to come to pass, it, it means he's going to have to have a child. And he understands that. So he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Praise the Lord. 
My friends, when you're facing negative circumstances that are very real and you see the natural impossibilities, you have to be like Abraham. You just keep on going. You trust the Lord because God is going to take you over it. Now, Sarah, she looked at the circumstances also and she got into flesh and she pushed over this Hagar project and said, you know, um, Abraham, I know you've got a promise. Uh, you know, God spoke that to you. Uh, at least you say he did, you know, because he's the one that received the vision. He's the one that received the word. And she's just like, you know what? I'm glad you heard from the Lord, but I, I'm getting a little frustrated over here and you're getting older and I'm getting older. The writing's on the wall. And so she's like, I'm going to step in. I'm going to help God out. And so she uh, comes up with this uh, crazy idea of using her handmaiden or her servant to uh, to join up with Abraham so they can have a, a, a child, a son. And, uh, you know, that'll just be something that they can accept as the promised child. And it was a bad idea and it didn't turn out good. Now, let me say this. And this is something that was that's a remarkable, remarkable revelation. I, I received the moment I heard it, but I have to tell you the truth. I got this from Walter Butler, Walter Butler, who was a prophet of the Lord. He got it from the Lord when the Lord corrected him. And this is the truth. Here it is. To rush God is to find fault with God. Now, I know that any Christian would never say, God, hurry up. We're too, um, how can I say, we, we tried to put our best behavior forward. So we, we know that's blatantly wrong. We would never say, God, you're taking too long. <laughs> you know, you, you would never really uh, kind of launch out that, that you, you know, that's, uh, something in your spirit would say mm, that, that can't be the case because we know God's perfect. So th that really can't be the issue. But nevertheless, to rush him, in a sense, is doing the same thing. It's basically accuse him uh, of having a fault. He's doing something wrong because he's not coming through as we think he should on our time clock. And uh, Walter Butler said that he was in a hotel room. He had actually gone to the hotel room because he sensed God wanted to talk to him. So he actually goes and rents uh, a hotel room and he stays there and he's praying and he's fasting. He's not eating any food. And after he had been there for several days and, you know, he's tired and he's uh, he's hungry and he's he's praying a whole lot. He's not just there watching TV. He's not watching TV at all. He's just seeking the Lord. And uh, he said he sat down on the bed a little bit exasperated and he said, Lord, whew, Sure does take you a long time to talk. And the moment he said that, the Lord corrected him. That was actually the Holy Spirit that spoke. And the Holy Spirit said to rush God is to find fault with God. Well, he, he immediately repented. He knew that was wrong. <laughs> he apologized to the Lord and got that straightened out. Got his heart back right with the Lord. And then just right after that, he had a major ministry altering encounter with the Lord that took him from a ministry that was very compact in its size and in its dimension and took him to over 100 nations of the world where he just ministered this one message, one message all over the world. And that one message came out of that one encounter. Mm -mm. So God's timing is right. And Abraham was very patient. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Be strengthened in faith. Just keep building your faith up. Everything is going to come together at the right time. Just stay on task. Praise the Lord. Don't do like Sarah. Start, you know, reaching into these other, you know, crazy ideas. Don't do that. Praise the Lord. Stay on the plan that God has for you and just keep working all the things that you know that are the right things to do. And that will also include embracing the element of waiting. Mm -mm. Praise God. Now I want to show you one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible that is speaking along this context of today's message. And that is found in Isaiah chapter 64 verse four. Here it says, for since the beginning of the world, men have not heard nor perceived by the ear, 
nor has the eye seen any God besides you who acts. One translation says, who performs, who acts for the one who waits for him. Now, there is an element where we have our responsibility, where we need to do our part. But I'm not talking about somebody who's being uh, slothful or lazy. I'm talking about the person, the believer, the covenant man or woman of God, who is making application of all the truths they know. They're working the principles of God. They have a good heart of the Lord. They love the Lord. And you're doing all you can. There are these other elements sometimes where you want movement in a certain area. But for whatever reasons, uh, you can't move it. And God's not doing anything. In times like that, you must be willing to wait with a happy heart, continue to do all you can in these other areas, and watch what God will do Himself. Because it says that He will act for the one who waits for Him. I had a situation about a month ago where I was walking around the backside of my house, and I looked at the electrical panels on the outside, and I just said, Lord, that whole system right there just really needs to be replaced. All the breakers, they're, they're old, and um, uh, the electrical panel, all that stuff, it, it just needs to, be, it needs to be made new, and it needs to be fixed up. So I called an electrician, an electrical company, and they came over, and they said, um, Stephen, we'll give you a quote on this, and we'll get back to you. And so they, they examined it and looked at it. And they got busy, and I got busy, and they, ne they never even called me back to give me a quote. And I understand because they're very busy. And at the same time, my focus is not on electrical panels and stuff like that. My focus is just on the Lord, and I want to keep working for Him. And I have found if I'm working for Him and there's something I can't touch because I'm too busy, then the Lord will touch it. And so I just had a few thoughts from time to time. Lord, I would really, I would like to be able to get that fixed but then I would get so busy doing things with the ministry because of all the stuff that's going on with the ministry and not only the work of the ministry, but the, the demands upon the anointing, which requires prayer and, and, and study in the word that I, I just couldn't get to it. I couldn't get to it. So I just decided just to wait and do my part with the Lord. And you know what? On Monday, literally, there was a knock on my door. I opened up the door, and there was a man standing there, and he said, Mr. Brooks, he said, my name is, is uh, uh, Mr. So-and-so, and I'm with the energy company, the largest energy company in North Carolina that supplies all of the energy for our, our city and, you know, most of the places in North Carolina. And he said, we want to replace the, all the electrical equipment on the back of your house we want to take it all out and give you all brand new equipment. I said, oh, that would be nice. I would like that. He said, we'll do it all at no charge. He said, it won't cost you a penny. I said, great. He said, when can we do it? I said, when can you be here? He said, we'll be here Wednesday at 9 o'clock in the morning. I said, oh, please, please do. Come right over. And they came over. And he, and he had told me, he said, I'm, I'm the supervisor. He said, I will be coming over throughout the day to observe the work and to check the progress. But he said, he said, the men that are coming are the best that we have in the entire industry. And so Wednesday came along and the trucks rolled in. All of these trucks rolled in from this large company. And they hit this project that was a very expensive project. And they began to go to work on it. And the work that the men were doing was so beautiful. The work, I mean, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it's electrical stuff, right? But they, they not only did what needed to be done, they're doing all the bells and whistles at no charge to me. And I know how much it costs because I had a friend have his done and he told me how much it was cost. It was like, wow. <laughs> Woo. And so they're doing it all at no charge. And when I looked at the finished work, the inside of all the boxes with everything brand new, all the brand new breakers and everything and all that, it looked like artwork. And then when they closed it all up, wow, it looked like artwork on the, on the uh, exterior as well. And you know what? They did not do it for one other house in the entire area. 
not even on the street. I don't even think another house in the subdivision received that. But, my friends, I have discovered that, one, I take care of the Lord's business. He'll take care of mine. And when you're busy for Him, so busy for Him, that some of the things you want to touch, you don't even have time to do it. If you wait on the Lord, because you're, you're working for Him, He'll come touch those areas. He will act for the one who waits for Him. So it's all done now. It's all done. Now, can you imagine if I would have been impatient? And I said, now, Lord, you know I'm busy, but that should have been taken care of by now. And I'm going to jump in there. I'm just going to get somebody out here and pay for it. Can you imagine if I'd have paid for all of that? And then the guy would have showed up and told me we would have done it all for free. And that nobody's going to do it better than his team. They're, they're the best in the entire state. Wow. Praise the Lord. And now it looks so good. Woo. Didn't cost me anything. Woo. Glory to God. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. God. It's going to act on your behalf also. I know that there's some things that need to be addressed in your life, in the various areas of your life. As you're busy for Him, He's going to come in. As you're working on the promises, the things He's assigned you to, He's going to come in. But yes, there are these areas of waiting. Don't be impatient. Don't try to pound a square peg through a round hole. Be patient. Well, I don't like looking at that. I want to do something that to be patient. You're supposed to be doing something else over here. And you're not supposed to pull off that. You have to follow that flow of the Spirit, that anointing of the Spirit. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. This, may, this sermon today may drive a perfectionist crazy, but the only place that's perfect is heaven anyhow. Uh, you can't put everything in order overnight. You have to be willing to walk it out step by step, and eventually you will get to it, and it will be done the right way. But get there in the right way, which is the Lord's way of peace and blessing and walking close with the Lord. Mm -mm. He's going to do some beautiful things for you, and things are changing already in your life. I don't quite see it the way I had anticipated, Pastor Stephen. Stay on target. Keep working the words. Keep walking close with God. You're going to see some amazing changes take place in your life this year. Mm -mm. Now, this next verse is also one of my favorite verses. I would say that in this area of waiting, that Isaiah 64, verse 4, and the next verse are probably my two favorite verses in the Bible along this subject. Now, Hebrews chapter 6. Here's the other verse I want to share with you. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. This is God's desire for us that you do not become sluggish. The NIV, the NIV says lazy, that you do not become sluggish, lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And oh, yes, you certainly have promises. You most assuredly do. And you're going to possess, you're going to inherit those promises through faith. Yes. Yes, Pastor Stephen, I'm a woman of faith. Pastor Stephen, I'm a man of faith and power. And see, that sounds cool. Sounds good. We like that. You know, back, back in the 50s, you would have the, um, you had the power evangelist, and you'd have a walk out. Like, uh, uh, you, uh, like when Dr. Oral Roberts would come out on the platform, he had an announcer. And the announcer would say, get ready, here he is, God's man of faith and power. <laughs> and, and then the curtain would fly open, and then would walk uh, Dr. Oral Roberts, or, you know, A.A. Allen was kind of like that, too. He would have an introducer, and they'd walk out on the stage, and, you know, that's real exciting. And it is, you know, faith and, and, and power. But see, if you would say, here he is, get ready for God's man of faith and patience. <laughs> You'd be like, what? Well, God's man of faith and patience. That, that doesn't sound very exciting. You know why? Because it's not. <laughs> here she is, God's woman of miracles, God's woman of faith. Faith and patience. We'd believe, we'd be like, do we have the right woman in, in here? Well, my friends, it is something that we need to embrace because it's, it's part of the recipe of, it's part of the ingredients in this recipe blessing. Again, again, verse 12, that you do not become sluggish or lazy. 
get moving. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But imitate those who through faith and patience, such as Abraham, who through faith and patience, that's waiting, inherit the promises. There's going to be some waiting involved. Praise the Lord. There's going to be some areas you can't touch. You want to, but God's not moving on it. So just be at peace. I would, I would say this in a word of caution. Don't try to live in your tomorrow today. Pastor Stephen, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not a multi, I'm not a millionaire millionaire yet. If I can get the word out, I'm not a millionaire yet, but I'm living big right now. I'm living in it already. Well, you don't have the money to live that type of lifestyle right now. You need to get control of yourself. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, yes, speak, speak words of faith and words that agree with the, with the vision of where God is taking you. But you also don't want to try to live in your tomorrow today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Enjoy the journey because the Lord is with you. Praise God. I want to pray for you because I sense that some have been anxious and you have even said, is it working? I'm a giver. I'm sowing seed and I'm praying. Lord is, is it doesn't look like I'm seeing any kind of movement. My friends, God sees, God sees, Hmm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, Walter Butler said that there was a time when he went on a long stretch of really seeking the Lord in a very intense way, which included getting up right around 2.30 in the morning and waiting on the Lord in prayer, seeking the Lord. And he did that for quite some time, quite some time. And he, he had... Moments where there was a beautiful presence. He had certainly had moments where, you know, the Lord is speaking with him and sharing wonderful insights with him. But he never really had anything that was like what we would call maybe spectacular or dramatically, you know, like a, a vision or something like that. But just still really rich, good times. So he he did he did have that thought, Lord, are you? Are you seeing this effort that I'm making? And he wasn't saying that critically. He wasn't saying that like in a sense, I don't think you are. He was just like, Lord, like encouragement would help me. And so, again, he was up seeking the Lord, sitting there in the dark, spending time with God when most people would be asleep. And he's just, uh, he's giving up comforts to seek God. And he said, after he had done that for a long time, extended period of time, he said one night, the Lord Jesus walked into the room. Now, he didn't see him, but the Lord walked into the room and came and stood behind him while he's sitting in a chair. And as Walter Butler sitting in the chair, the Lord walks up behind him and stands in a sense over him. And Walter Butler said, I had the absolute distinct sensation, not trying to make it up because th this is 100% real. He said, as the Lord stood over me, he was weeping that he was weeping tears of gratitude that one of his people would be so hungry for him that such a person would get up and rise to seek him with such an intensity. And it had touched the Lord's heart so much that as the Lord was leaning over him and weeping, the tears were coming down and hitting Brother Butler or falling on Brother Butler's head and running down him, running down him. He could sense the Lord's tears falling on him. And the Lord began to recount to him every single time he had gotten up and the Lord began to give dates and began to give the time of every single time he had sought that Brother Butler had got up and sought him. And so the Lord was basically saying, I saw, I saw every effort you made to seek my face. And my friends, I need to tell you, don't be discouraged. The Lord has seen your giving. He has seen your faithfulness. He has seen the push and the efforts that you have made. And he is going 
to bless you. Continue to trust him and continue to embrace these elements of waiting when you certainly do learn the reality of walking by faith and not by sight because perhaps you're not seeing very much. But my friends, I'm here to tell you today as a, as a servant of the Lord, he sees and he has blessing on his mind for you. And you're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the most in the most extraordinary ways. So get ready for it. Now, Heavenly Father, I pray for your people. Bless them with encouragement. Let them continue with an all-out push to seek you, to live for you. Hallelujah. And to walk in the light of your word, obeying your word. Hallelujah. Endeavoring with all of their hearts to please you. I thank you, Father God, that surely they will see your goodness in their lives. Hallelujah. And the work and the, the weight will certainly be worth it. So thank you, Father. Thank you for a fresh blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you're watching today's program and you do not know Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is one thing that you don't have to wait for, and that is salvation. You can receive forgiveness of sins. And the spiritual life of God impart it into your heart right now. And you can be born again right now. You don't have to wait. You can receive Christ right now. If you would like to say goodbye to all the sin and all the junk and receive Jesus as your Savior, pray this prayer right now because he's listening. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died to save sinners like me. Jesus, come into my heart, wash all of my sins away with your precious blood. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Woo! Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I told you, you didn't have to wait. Amen. He heard and he has saved your soul. Praise God. Amen. Now. Let us take Holy Communion together today. I would like to invite you to grab some unleavened bread. If you don't have one of these little wafers, which you can order from any Christian bookstore, but if you don't have one, you can grab a little saltine cracker or something like that and grab some grape juice and let's take Holy Communion together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. We consecrate it. And set it apart as holy through this prayer. And we thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus, our Savior. Father, as we receive the body of Christ, we embrace waiting. And Father, we thank you that Jesus had to wait for 30 years before he could start his ministry. And that was something that was an essential requirement. But at the right time. He was sent forth. And so, Father, we just thank you for the waiting periods. We thank you. We embrace it. We embrace it. And we embrace not only the reaching of the destination which will come, but we embrace the journey. So, Father, we thank you that you're with us. And it's all good. It's all good. We embrace waiting. We receive the body of Christ now in Jesus' name. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I feel the joy of the Lord. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. I feel happy. I feel the the laughter anointing even. Thank you, Jesus. Mm -mm. I believe there are some angels tickling your spiritual funny bone right now. Hallelujah. Because you're starting to realize God's been here the whole time. He's He's been working the whole time. Everything's the way it should be. Praise the Lord, and you're laughing because you're, you're, you're seeing that. The waiting is all a part of it. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. If we have committed any sins, we ask that you would forgive us of our sins. Wash us pure and clean. Thank you, Father. We choose to completely forgive anybody, anyone who has sinned against us. Thank you, O God. We praise you. Father, we ask that you would lead us away from temptation. We ask that you would deliver us from the evil one. And we trust you to keep us safe, to keep us protected. 
Thank you, Father God, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Thank you, Father, for Jesus and his precious blood. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's receive. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Woo! Glory. Glory. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. The angels are working. The Lord is working. Everything is on track, and everything is moving forward. God has not forgotten you. God has his eye on you, and he's going to bless you. Praise the Lord. Continue to seek him. Continue to seek him with all of your heart. Have a good time with the Lord. Woohoo! Glory to God. <laughs> You'll get so caught up in that. You may not even notice when the blessing comes. You're having so much fun in the Lord. You're like, oh, there it is. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But you're just, you're so caught up in the Lord. Amen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some, some of your friends may have to drag you out of the Lord's presence to say, come look, here it is. You'd be like, that's great. I'm having too much fun with the Lord. <laughs> be blessed. Woo. Praise God. See you back next time. Bye-bye.